This is Regenerative Skills, the podcast helping you to learn the skills and solutions to create an abundant and connected future. I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher. Are you left wanting more at the end of each episode of this show? Are these short sessions getting you fired up to try new skills for yourself and share the journey with others who are working through the same challenges? Well, the good news is that this podcast is only the beginning. The real action and learning is happening on the Regenerative Skills Discord channel, where you can connect with the whole community to dive deeper into the topics on the show, explore solutions, and share your journey and blooper reel with an active group that can't wait to hear from you. You can get your questions answered and share knowledge and wisdom of your own on a safe platform that, unlike the social media giants, won't steal your personal data to advertise to you in creepy ways. Ditch Facebook and join us where the real skill builders are. Just find the link to the Discord chat on the homepage at regenerativeskills.com. Hey everybody and welcome back. This episode is the second part of our interview with the co-founders of Climate Farmers, an organization I've been working with for almost a year now that is working to build the infrastructure for regenerative agriculture in Europe. Now in the first part of the interview from last week, we've covered the challenges of modern farming in Europe and the niche that Climate Farmers is hoping to occupy in the transition to a regenerative agriculture future in Europe. We talked about our own strategy of focusing on direct support for farmers through the different projects and departments within the organization, from the ever-growing academy, making quality educational resources easy to find, to the remote sensing team helping to gather data and metrics on the improvement of the soil and other ecosystem services as these farms transition to regenerative methods. Now to wrap up the conversation today, we're going to go back into the beginning and recap the crazy turn of events that got us to where we are less than a year from launching. You'll get to hear about how this small ag tech startup has gone from a loose idea to attracting collaboration and support from industries and farmers alike. The journey is certainly not over. In fact, the really challenging parts are still ahead. So if you haven't yet heard the first part of this interview, I'll encourage you to go back and have a listen because it'll give you more context to the wild story that's about to come. I'll wait. No, I'm just kidding. So let's check back in with Evo Degen and Philip Berker to see how this all started. So let's let's step back a little bit and kind of give people uh, an idea of the story of how we've gotten to where we are. Because like I mentioned in the beginning, this has been a short and very intense journey. I first heard from Evo what, it's been a little over two years ago, because I was, I remember I was still in Guatemala when we first chatted. And, you know, we were kind of loosely in touch. I, you, you mentioned that you had like a conversation with me where I gave you some indicators or ideas about where regenerative ag is going. Can you remind me of that? Because I remember the conversation, but I have no idea what I told you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I actually have it here. I actually have the notes here. Uh, let's see. And so this is a, this is a, um, Wait, I don't know if I find the note. Um, oh yes, here, here it is. Um, so the three bottlenecks uh, to, to starting a regenerative business, according to Oliver Gaucher on the 4th of March, 2020 at 9.13 in the morning. This is a level of organization that I highly right? envy and I'm very now scared as to what is gonna come out of these notes. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty much what we do, I think. Um, so there's a cash flow problem from input to output, right? So uh, in the beginning of the season, you input a lot and um, and don't get the output until the end. So we have a cash flow problem. Um, large debts usually, so uh, no ability to to move and make make changes. 
um, a balance between efficiency and diversity. And I think that that's still a really interesting one. So um, the more diverse it gets, the less efficient it, it gets. Um, and I think this is something that the large scale regenerative agriculture so slowly is coming to coming to terms with and finding solutions for. Um, and what you said back then is there are solutions out there to learn it, but not everybody knows how to find them. Back Actually, to, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what we do now. Um, and access is not the big problem, but matching it to your context is, again, um, very, very much uh, what, what we're doing today. Um, then we had a we had a discussion about uh, profitable uh, uh, farming and that there's still a lack of uh, of of work uh, about that um, and bringing it to market. I think that there was the time when you were working and I think you're still you're still involved with that with the with the coffee cooperative in in Guatemala. Um, That's right. so, so that was that was really really interesting to hear about. So yeah, so I mean we 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 talked about that and. I think we so the, in the same way like we we had this, this, these discussions and we also had discussions with with a lot of uh, different experts on on the topic and I think this is just very visible that these are the things that come up again and again um, that that need to be solved like we need to find good ways of financing that transition and we need to find ways to bring context specific knowledge um, to the people in the way and in the moment that they that they need it. Yeah, the fortunate thing is that since that conversation and partly through a lot of the work that I'm doing with you guys is uh, getting to know consultants and different examples around, the context thing has mostly been solved, even though the access thing is still a problem. So there are examples of fantastic regenerative farms or consultants who can give very accurate and knowledgeable advice, but not everybody knows either where they are, if there are examples near them or how to access them or get in touch. And that's something that we've made big strides in improving just in the last couple of weeks, honestly, in preparing for the Pioneer program. I've learned and a ton about what's available around my area just by going through these exercises for the farmers that we've onboarded. Exactly. And I know, Phil, you've, you've gotten in touch with a ton of people. You're really good with the networking part. And so in your experience in, in going out and finding these examples, partly through your travels and partly just from hitting the phones like a boss, um, what have you seen about some of the trends or the patterns in how this is being implemented, the scale and where that bottleneck is in access or in visibility? I think one, one of the interesting patterns that we've been seeing is the people that are getting into regenerative agriculture uh, and the farmers which are getting into it, which is, which is usually either people that have a bit of a let's say a midlife crisis or so. So they have some kind of breaking point in life where they're realizing, ooh, what, what, what am I actually doing with my life? And then they kind of start tumbling into this whole world wide web. And luckily somehow they end up on the right YouTube platforms and they do end up somehow going down the rabbit hole of regenerative agriculture. And this is a lot of times the people that are starting market gardenings because they, it's very easy to start. You don't need a lot of land. You don't need a lot of financial input. And there's a great movement happening around that one. Um, the second part, uh, which is a really curious group as well, is kind of the, the, the children of, of farmers of several generations who after growing up were kind of, okay, screw this. I want to get out in the city. I want to get away from this farm. And they, they go in the city, they study, they do something else. And then they also realize, hmm, this is not really where I find fulfillment in life as well. And they decide to go back to the farm and to take over the parents' farm under the condition 
that they can start applying regenerative agriculture practices. And this is then also the big farms that we're talking about. So this is people who are taking over functioning farms and transitioning to region ag. And then a third group that we're seeing that is also really pushing it forward is women in regenerative agriculture, where there also seems to be a larger percentage than a normal agriculture, which is still something we're trying to figure out what the reason for that is. But this is kind of uh, the three driving forces in terms of people behind region ag that we are seeing. And I think it's really nice that what is happening is that people who would otherwise not have picked up agriculture are picking up regenerative agriculture. Because I think this is really something that we need and that plays in with the appreciation in society. So for me, I get a lot of excitement out of it every time I hear a young person, I hear something that wants to do region ag and that wants to go back to farming. I think what we need is more people that say, hey, it's cool to be a farmer. I want to be a farmer. And this is where we really want to try to play a role with climate farmers as well, was making it possible for the people that wanted the region act to do it. And uh, this is also, I think, the open call that I would definitely do through this podcast. If you are thinking about getting into regenerative agriculture and you don't know how to drop us a line and we will do our best to help you to do so. And what's been interesting is that all of those observations have meshed with other people that have helped to mentor us in the formation of how we're approaching these. I remember having a specific conversation with John Kemp from the Regenerative Agriculture Podcast, AEA in the United States, who basically told us those exact same things that mesh with your experiences on the road and your contacts. Um, it's interesting that this is not you know, just applicable to Europe, but this is very similar in other parts of the world as well. And so let's keep going with this story now. So as this concept of creating a company around climate farmers came about, I remember having some very early calls with Evo about how some first steps were going to be made. Uh, which one of you wants to tell how that evolved from those early calls to, let's say, the first launch of the expert panel call that we did? That was kind of the, the beginning. I mean, in the end, it's a story of people, right? Like, so uh, I think the nice thing is that both and me, both me and Evo, we, we had the pleasure uh, of having worked with amazing people already in our past and having had a lot of people that crossed it. And what was amazing me was, of course, I mean, this was all that I was doing for the last two, three years. And this was all that I was talking about. So uh, obviously, a lot of my friends had to listen to, to me ranting about agriculture and regenerative agriculture. And what was really surprising was a lot of them were like, how can I get involved? And then usually my reply was like, well, we need help, but we have no money. Like, I can't really give you anything. I can spend time with you and I can help you but I can't really pay you. And people were like, Philip is a great salesperson. <laughs> Amazing, like next level. And people were generally like, yeah, that, that, that sounds great. A lot of work and no pay. Um, I love it. Where, where can I sign? <laughs> so, um, I mean, Nick is a very dear friend of mine since 10 years. And um, he's been involved in permaculture and knowing a lot about plants, about hydration, about a lot of the interesting topics. And he was one of the first people that joined and he's now the head of our academy. The same goes for Fabio, who's building up our incredible open source community, who just happened to be with me in Portugal when we started and who saw what me and Eva were doing was like, I want to help you. And the same with Ben, who's our CFO. And then we have Melina, who's the sister of the very good friend of mine. And uh, well, we had this accelerator program in, in September in a countryside in Eastern Germany called Lab for Land, where we got together at an old farmhouse to work out on this idea. And at the end of it, we needed to do a pitch. And we had, we didn't, none of us have any design skills or any taste of design. So uh, Melina saw what we were doing and she was like, let me help you boys. And then Melina basically 
created this incredible presentation within 24 hours next to her normal job. And since then, she basically has been pushing out design after design and creating incredibly beautiful stuff. And now, after one year, we're finally able to, uh, to, to give her a contract, basically, starting on the 1st of August. And uh, the same is with Gio, a friend of mine who, for some reason, has a passion for farmers and was visiting farmers in South America and taking pictures of them. She is developing the profiles together with us. And, well, there's in total 20 people who, are, who have been working with us on climate farmers. And, I mean, I think the important thing to say is here, me and Ivo, we did very little, like, uh, but all these people, they did a lot. And uh, I mean, this goes with you as well. I mean, uh, thanks to you, our first event when we were launching, we had, we had Richard Perkins sitting in that event and we had Patrick Baum sitting there. And it was like, who are these people? And how did they get these people in there? So uh, yeah, somehow I think Climate Farmers is a very good example of uh, what a lot of passionate uh, people can do with very little money, but with a lot of passion and a lot of desire. And um, this is where we are right now. And um, I'm thankful every, every morning when I'm waking up about being able to work with the people that I have the pleasure of working with. And I think like for me, the, the, like I, I was from, from the beginning, I was very convinced about the incredible potential in, in regenerative agriculture. I was uh, convinced that with this huge potential, we could probably make it work in some way financially. We could probably raise some, raise some money to 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 work on this but i was sure that like we would never find people to work with um because like who who is you know who is going to get into agriculture like you could work on startup stuff and tech and and you could you know work on activism and art and i don't know what right like but but people from like that that have a, a level of experience are not going to get into agriculture and it was so exciting was so interesting to see how many extremely smart dedicated committed people um were like this is amazing i want to be part of this um and we we just a couple of weeks ago we had our first team retreat like oh, this whole team came together during corona time so um we were all remote so most of us most of us hadn't really met um before a couple of weeks ago and to, to be in our first team retreat and having these 20 people in a circle and looking at it like, wow, wow. Like, it's incredible to see how much this topic motivates, brings people together and how much hope uh, people have and not only our team, right? Like there's a whole, there's a whole ecosystem, a whole network that has developed around regenerative agriculture. So um, this this makes me makes me very very um, hopeful and very very motivated um, that that this very very niche topic until recently um, might actually like we we have our, set ourselves this crazy north star metric that um, within the next couple of years ten um, percent of agricultural yes next three years I, I didn't want to mention okay in, in, within the next three years um, we are, we're going to have ten uh, percent of Europe's farmland under regenerative agriculture and this seems like a crazy ambitious goal and at the same time you see what is happening there um, if we do this well if if we make sure that these commitments that are made by by the by the industry by the by the public sector um, are actually funneled into 
you know, what we can all agree on is regenerative agriculture. All that we can all all on this podcast can agree on is regenerative agriculture. Um, then we have that potential. So to think that we we might do this within a couple of years, wow, that that is incredibly motivating. Yeah, it was really only through this incredible team, like you guys just finished talking about, have I started to see that there is an achievable roadmap to something that ambitious. Um, and it's, it really takes everybody's contributions and everybody's expertise to do this. And of course, Phil's incredible sales pitch of lots of work with for no pay. <laughs> and I mean, it, it really has come together under some very strange circumstances. Like you mentioned, this happened during Corona times. We were all working remotely until very recently went, well, most of us are still working remotely until we got together for the team retreat just a couple of weeks ago. And that has been a struggle in the communication side, in the, the networking side, and in the coordination of this. But I don't know, there's this sort of intangible thing that is motivating all of us to work towards this together, partly because we're all invested in continuing to live in a nice ecosystem here in Europe and seeing our communities and the ecology that we depend on thrive. But beyond that, there's, there's real friendship. There's great connections on multiple levels of, you know, not just what we're doing as a company and the results of our work, but also sharing ideas and companionship and, you know, having a good time together. Oh, what are you doing in your, you know, like your workout routines? I love the artwork that you create. And this is creating an ecosystem of its own that, I mean, it's bigger than the sum of its parts is kind of what I'm getting to. And it's been really wonderful to be a part of up until now. I'm really excited on all the places that this is going in the future. And, you know, you mentioned Nick, we're going to start to have a regular segment with him. We're going to start to reinvigorate the, the regenerative roundtable and get other members on here to talk about what aspects of this mission that they're working on. But instead of going into that now, that's the time for another episode. Why don't you guys tell us uh, how people can support the work that we're doing and how they can get in touch? Philip? Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways. Uh, well, one of them is definitely identifying farmers for us. So if you if you know of any farmer that is either conventional and wants to switch to Regenec or that is doing regenerative agriculture, uh, let them know about us, put them in touch with us, and we're happy to integrate them in our community and support them. Um, if you have some technical skills yourself or you have any skills which you would like to apply, we have a big open source community. We have some volunteers. Uh, we always accept interns as well. So there's lots of ways of getting involved. Just drop us a line. Um, you can have the contact form on our website or you can just write me directly under philip at climatefarmers.org. And um, yeah, we would be happy to, to grow the family and to integrate you into what we're doing. I think that what is important is that there's so much going on. So many farmers are, um, are interested. So many also non-farmers, uh, citizens are interested in this. And um, there is so much to do. Like this is so young still. This is so much um, still in its, in its early phases. And, uh, and we need people to get uh, involved to, to sort of do their part. If you're a farmer, um, amazing congratulations for for being interested in the topic and very very happy to to work together with you if you're interested so just just reach out to us if uh, if you're a non-farmer and interested in the topic um as philip said many ways to work with us if um sort of you are interested in in you know starting something yourself within this space there's so much to do um and also happy to connect if uh, if if uh, you know if the, if there's any questions anything we can help with 
Um, so also happy to uh, to get contacts at evo at climatefarmers.org and uh, just in general um, it would be great to be in touch so just reach out fantastic and this is really an ongoing story like you said we're very much in the beginning stages we've made some big progress very quickly but there's still a long way to go and we need everybody's effort and collaboration on this so check us out at climatefarmers.org and there will definitely be more episodes on this ongoing journey thanks so much for joining me you guys i'll catch you on the next one Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Have a See day. Ciao. Bye. There you have it. Thanks once again to Evo and Philip for taking the time to share the journey up until this point. There's a lot more coming up at Climate Farmers in the coming months, including the revival of my old segment from the Abundant Edge podcast called Regenerative Roundtables. Now this time, instead of monthly recaps from Guatemala, I'll be hosting them with Nick Steiner, my friend and colleague working on the academy and the community with me. We'll give updates on the mission to transition 10% of farms in Europe to regenerative methods in just three short years, and all of our own learning and challenges along the way. And if you have any ideas of what topics you'd like to hear about and who you'd like us to bring on to join us in these conversations, just drop me a line directly at info at regenerativeskills.com. And don't forget that these episodes are just the beginning of the ongoing conversations. Normally, I would direct you to the Discord server for the Regenerative Skills podcast, and while you should still go there to connect with the growing community of regenerators from around the world, this conversation about the future and direction of climate farmers is best had by sending your thoughts and ideas to info at climatefarmers.org. And if you're a farmer or regenerative agriculture consultant anywhere in the EU zone, we want to connect with you. We have free educational resources and our ever-expanding academy for farmers in transition, and we have opportunities for consultants to create profiles and have their work and services added to our database of consultants in Europe. So check us out at climatefarmers.org. Now, special thanks to Hug Records for the original music by Daiguana. If you want to have your own music featured on the show or you just want to get in touch, you can email me directly at info at regenerativeskills.com. Now that's our show for this week. Until next time, keep taking those little steps every day towards a regenerative future, and I'll be right by your side along the way. <laughs>